I'm Monsignor Bill Parent, pastor of St. Elizabeth Church, and you're listening to the St. Elizabeth Church podcast. This episode is one of five talks from our 2022 Lenten series entitled The Radical Call of Laudato Si. Laudato Si is Pope Francis's 2015 encyclical letter on the environment. Here is the third talk of this series by Father Kevin Fields, recorded live on Tuesday, March 22nd. Please stand for the gospel. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus points out that the whole law can be condensed into two straightforward commandments, and dare I say, two very positive commandments, commandments based on love. The first and more important great commandment consists in loving God in the same unconditional way he loves each and every one of us. The second great commandment, which is consequential to the first, is to love our neighbor, to love our brothers and sisters, also in the same unconditional way that God loves each and every one of us. Because, like each Like all of us, all of our brothers and sisters were made in the image of God. Jesus' answer is strongly rooted in the teachings of the Torah. At the same time, the two great commandments support all the other teachings in the Torah. Jesus goes to the heart of the matter to provide not only a simple way of observing the Ten Commandments as a whole, but also a way to appreciate them. From the very beginning of the Christian family, the very beginning of the church, the expectation has been that the disciples of Christ were guided by these two great commandments. A person who generally loves God also loves his brothers and sisters because he realizes that all of his neighbors are brothers and sisters. They are children of the same Father, children of the same Creator, and they are redeemed by the same body and blood 
of Jesus Christ. If we attempt to love someone, anyone, without imitating God's unconditional love for us, this attempt will only become an obstacle in the way of honoring the first great commandment. Likewise, if we fail in honoring the commandment to love God unconditionally, we will not be able to genuinely love our neighbors. Love of our neighbor for the sake of God delivers proof that we love God. Love of our neighbor also, as Jesus shows, establishes that his love for us is the guideline for the love that we ought to have for God and for one another. Now, in some situations, we see how God provides us with the opportunity to put our neighbor's needs before our own. And in other situations, we might find signs to thank God when unexpectedly one of our neighbors opts to place our needs ahead of their own. In either situation, the following of the second great commandment is accomplished because we, or our neighbor, or ideally both all of our neighbors and each other, love God. Whenever we find ourselves in the line for the sacrament of penance, we do so quite simply because we have failed in following either or both of these great commandments. And when we fail, we have reason to offer prayers before God, prayers of contrition and prayers of supplication. However, if we succeed in following these great commandments, we also have cause to pray before God. Because we have embraced his help, now we have reason to offer prayers of adoration, of love for God, and prayers of thanksgiving for his help to, help to allow us to follow these commandments. And so it is through these two great commandments that tonight we may offer adoration and thanksgiving to God for a gift that was neither given to the creatures of the air, of the land, or the sea, nor given to the angels, but a gift that was lovingly provided to all of us, his daughters and sons. And that is the gift of humanity. Pope Francis reflects upon God's gift of humanity throughout the encyclical Laudato Si. Examining the first creation account in the book of Genesis, Pope Francis offers these succinct thoughts. After the creation of man and woman, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. The Bible teaches that every man and woman is created out of love and made in God's image and likeness. This shows the immense gener- dignity of each person, who is not just something, but someone. He is capable of self-knowledge, of self-possession, and of freely giving himself and entering into communion with other persons. 
In his reflection, Pope Francis offers a claim several times throughout the encyclical to the words of his predecessor, Pope Benedict XVI, including words that God the Creator confers upon each daughter and son in infinite dignity. We were conceived in the heart of God, and for this reason, as Pope Benedict XVI shares, and that Pope Francis makes reference to, each of us is a result of a thought of God. Each of us is willed. Each of us is loved. Each of us is necessary. In the book of Genesis, we are told that God formed the man out of dust from the ground. This is both humbling, but also consoling. We should be humbled that we must accept that we are not God. We did not make ourselves, and we do not rule the universe. Without God's gift of humanity, we are also destined for eternal death, as are all animals and all creatures. However, we are also consoled at the same time because the gift of humanity is shared across all divisions and all of our arrogances that we selfishly create. There is only one humanity in the many human beings among God's creation. The gift of humanity is not only the capstone of God's creation, but also the most distinctive feature of God's creation. The early stories of Genesis show how, sadly, we also abuse the gift of humanity and ultimately damage our love for God and for our neighbor. Pope Francis notes this when reflecting on the dramatic exchange between God and Cain after Cain murdered his brother Abel. God chastises Cain, but at the same time, Cain shows disregard to love his brother the same way that God loves the children of Adam and Eve, and sadly also shows disrespect and disregard to loving God himself. Pope Francis counsels all of us that disregard for the duty to cultivate and maintain a proper relationship with our neighbors, for whose care and custody that we also share responsibility for, can ruin our relationships with within ourselves, with others, and with God. When all these relationships are neglected, when justice no longer dwells in the land, the Bible tells us that life itself is endangered. In a summary of all the creation accounts in Genesis, Pope Francis reflects on all the stories. When accounting for the story of Adam and Eve, the account of the first fall, of Cain and Abel, of the rise of sin and Noah and the Ark and the Covenant, and the Tower of Babel. These stories bear witness to a conviction which we share today that genuine care for our lives and for our relationships 
that our care for lives and relationships is inseparable from fraternity, from justice, and for fidelity to others. For us to recognize this gift of humanity is to recognize one very important fact, that we, in spite of all of any gifts that we may think we have and that we think we may have merited on our own, anything good we are called to do is only possible when we are dependent on God. We cannot succeed in following the Ten Commandments, yet alone the two great commandments, without first accepting God's help. We cannot live without trust in God and the love of others, without accepting the gifts and the fruits and the blessings and the graces that God wants to give us to help us see this through. Our dependence on God expresses our obedience to the first commandment. It is our dependence on God that allows us to use the fullness of our creativity and to grow in knowledge. Two things that angels cannot do. They cannot grow in creativity and the knowledge that they first have is infused knowledge while we can grow in our knowledge during our lives. It is also dependence on God that allows us to love as God loves, ultimately transforming our dependence on God into the freedom to love our family, our friends, and our church in the same unconditional way that God loves us. It is in the gift of humanity that we are able to make God's love the foundation of our lives just as the first brothers and sisters in Christ, the first members of the family, the church, were able to do nearly 2,000 years ago. Quite simply, without the gift of humanity, we are nothing. And acknowledging our humanity is also acknowledgement that we possess a a uniqueness that cannot be found in other creatures. Acknowledging our humanity is to acknowledge that we have a personal identity. We have the capability to interact with each other, to share in a dialogue with neighbors. And of course, if we can share in a dialogue with our brothers and sisters, we should first share in a dialogue with the one who created us, God the Father. Acknowledging our humanity in giving thanks to God for this gift, is also acknowledging all the other gifts that we're able to share. The gift to reason. The gift to develop arguments in a good way. The gift to invent. To create art. And even more capacities that we will soon realize as science helps reveal more of God's amazing genius in creation. To quote Pope Francis from his encyclical, the sheer novelty involved in the emergence of a personal being within a material universe presupposes a direct action of God 
and a particular call to life and to a relationship on the part of a thou who addresses himself to another thou. The biblical accounts of creation invite us to see each human being as a subject who, unlike creatures, can never be reduced to the status of an object. As together, as a parish family, as we endeavor through the penance of Lent, we have the opportunity to examine our conscience, to examine whether or not we have used the gift of humanity to follow the great commandments of love. I'm sure many of us, myself included, can be very quick to where we can offer prayers of contrition and also asking for God's help. But I hope all of us can also quickly find prayers that offer praise and adoration for God's love and where he has helped us to follow these commandments, where in turn we can offer thanksgiving. In this very moment, it is appropriate for us to examine our conscience while looking upon our Lord in the monstrance on the altar. We not only see Jesus' divinity through our eyes of faith each time we approach the Eucharist at Mass, or each time we come for adoration or for private prayer before the tabernacle, but it's also through our eyes of faith we also see Jesus' humanity. During his passion and death, the Roman soldiers scourged Jesus. They crowned him with thorns and mocked him relentlessly. When Pilate placed Jesus before the crowd in Jerusalem, he said, Behold the man. Pilate used the phrase before a crowd of fellow human beings, inviting them to look at a man covered in blood and open wounds. However, in the man that we see before us, in the man on the altar, we see the man who loves God the Father and the man who is willing to suffer and die in love for those who ridicule him and persecute him. Even in his greatest humiliation on the cross, Jesus does not abandon his gift of humanity, a gift that he shows us that it's possible, with God's help, to honor the two straightforward commandments. To love the Lord God with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his mind, and to love his neighbor as himself. As we now examine our gift of humanity this evening and throughout the remainder of Lent and beyond Lent and Easter and throughout the year, May we desire to behold the man that is our Lord Jesus Christ. May we beseech Jesus' help 
to teach us how to embrace this beautiful gift of humanity that we all share and to follow in his steps, including steps of patience and suffering as we persevere to love the Lord our God and to love one another, the neighbors whose names we know and the neighbors whose names we have yet to know in the same unconditional and sacrificial way that God loves us.